Welcome to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are your hosts, Shrek and Shopvac, also known as Terry and Zach. Hello, hello, everybody. Here we go. Uh, Zoom, we're on. Welcome back Sheesh. to uh, <laughs> Counselor Find, and uh, it's just looking forward to today. We are going to talk today about worship. Hi, Zach. Hi. I should include you in this conversation. Yep. We're going to talk today about worship and music. And um, I have a sense that worship is really kind of a touch point for a lot of people. Um, how it a happens. Point or? Like, it's, it's a point that people are quick to argue over. Yeah. Like, how is it done? And why is it done this way in my church? And why don't we, like, I'm just diving into this. Is this good? Yeah, no, okay. Good. And then, like, why do we do it this way? And I wish we would do this, or I wish we would do that, or, oh, no, I don't want to go this Sunday. I don't like that team that's, that's leading this Sunday, or whatever. Do you, do you find, like, is that on us? Is that us as, like, I want the world my way? Yeah. Or is there an issue uh, well, that... Well, then I guess I'm going to have a... Hmm. And, and yeah. is worship, <laughs> does worship include the sermon? I don't know. Because let's define I think we've really then. focused on like. Well, let's back up here. Okay. Before we start, because I, you know, I had a really I interesting to, comment yesterday. I was about to spin down a hole there, but I, I think okay. we should just quickly define worship. Okay. Um, let's I think do that. for the purpose of this talk and most of how we talk about worship, we would define it as um, like praising God through song. Is that a fair assumption? Well, I think that's what we've defined it as, right? Yeah, and I like I'm not saying that that's what it it only is. But when we say let's talk about <clears throat> worship, or let's talk about worship, I think church, that's what we want to talk about today. Then we're going to talk about how we worship God in songs. Yes, like I, there's, we'll do a quick caveat here. I think there's many ways to worship God, um, and we should be doing that through many different areas in our life. Yeah. And that's evident with through how we act and the fruits of the spirit coming through. And I don't know, we could dive deeper on that another time maybe, but I think we, today we want to focus on the, the idea of um, worship through song or worship through music. Yeah. I get really <clears> frustrated <throat> when I come to a place and it's like, welcome to our worship hour. Right. Or welcome to the worship service at our church. Right. And you're like, okay. I know we're not going to just like, I, I don't think your sermon is actually worship. Yeah. I'm not sitting here in adoration of God right? and giving him like thinking, Oh my goodness, I just can't love God enough. Yeah. As I sit to some listening to someone, give me a 40 minute right. lecture. But at the same time, it's also, it's not, it's not that worship is only in that confined hour, right? Like, that's how it also feels sometimes. They're right. Like, That's well, the other side. Welcome of it. to worship hour. And it's like, oh, now I'm worshiping. You could have been worshiping the whole way driving to church, right? Like you could have been like, there's other ways and things that ways that come out in your life. And so what's well, it? Is it not, not everything? Not, attitude right, is like, worship. Not everything in that hour might be worship and not everything outside of that hour isn't worship. Right. Like I just so, want to get through the worship service so I can watch football all afternoon. Because right. that's what I really want to worship. 
Well, that's worship. Just you know what I mean? Wrong thing. <laughs> but I know. I I know. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Is like it seems really ironic, right? That when we talk about worship, we're really talking about the songs we're singing at church. Yes. Let's worship together, everybody. Play my guitar. Like, oh, what were we doing here? Yeah. Did we not come to glorify and honor God? Right. So what we're what you're saying is, let's be honest up front. We're going to talk about worship music. Yeah. And the act of singing as worship, as we're familiar with it. Yes. Because you and I could get down this rabbit hole of like, well, then let's, like, how would we redefine worship? Yeah, and I've done that. And, how and it's you... like, it's fine. It's a good discussion to like talk about what other things is, are worship in your life. So it's, it's not just music. Um, you're not confining the idea of worship to only when you're singing, because that can be tough for people who don't love music or who aren't like, music gifted or don't love singing whatever those kinds of things but i think for the purpose of today and most of when we want to talk about the idea of worship we want to talk about um corporate singing singing with people at church or in camp setting or whatever yeah i think it has to be that because that's what we're going to default to yes. as worship and if we want to talk about how and... how the churches are structured or how our formal gatherings are structured we should do that as a separate conversation right okay and i do think that a big part of the reason why um worship through music is like the number one i don't know thought about way is because i think it was like one of the more intended paths to worship or the more intended um intentional paths right like mentioned you can do it in other ways and yada 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 but um <clears throat> Singing together or creating music together is one of the um, most intended ways, I think, or like intentional intended ways. Make sense? Oh, yeah. So Completely. I don't, it's not like wrong. Anyway, moving on. So we now we know what worship is or what we're kind of defining it as. And so back to what you were saying, um, I would also ask the question then, should you leave a church because you don't like the worship or pick a church because of the worship? AKA the singing. AKA the singing. Yeah. Um, Cause I've heard it argued on both sides, like yes and no. Right. Like it, I would almost ask the question, is it three songs to hype you up for the sermon? Right. right. This is how I heard someone define it the other day in a conversation. Like, you know, our church, we do three hype songs and then yeah. we have someone talk to us and give us a lecture for 45 minutes and then we hype out a song and, and go home. Yep. And so if it's just a hype song, then it's, it's the rallying point around lecture, then sure. Then if that's what you're looking for, then you should really change churches to find the place where you're hyped the most, I guess. Right. Yeah. It's a pretty empty way of looking at church if that's all you're looking at it for. Like, but if it's just an hour of your week, you might as well make it the most best serve your needs, I guess. Yeah. I don't really have a hard like stance on this because like on one hand, I think um, we can be too picky and it's not about just that part of the service and you shouldn't change a church or pick one because of it. But the other time, on the other hand, I think that like, you have to pick a place where you feel like you fit in and then you have to be, a, you have to pick up like pick a church that you're going to be willing to be part of the community. And if 
you don't like the way they do something every Sunday, <laughs> it makes you not want to be part of that community, right or wrong. You're not going to be part of it, and so it's like there's it's irrelevant to be to be going there, right? Um, so I like I kind of came through like we've talked a bit about how I struggled with this idea of like going to church for a while and finding a church, and now we have and all that. And big part of that for me was um, just kind of coming to the realization that. The point I, I was trying to get too much from Sunday morning service. I was trying to get, I was trying to derive way too much purpose out of a Sunday morning service. And I think that once I was willing to put that behind and just say, like, the point of Sunday is just to gather in a community, learn and worship together. Then, like, worship it, in the sense of like honoring God. Yeah. Then, yeah. like, how that happens isn't like all that important. Um, or like, wasn't like, wasn't like a deal breaker to me. Right. And like, whereas I had spent so much time, like, Oh, like uh, maybe a church is meant to be this way. Or like, you know, God never intended church to be like how we've done it in modern world. Like, this is all just like, like, what is it supposed to be? And like, I just trying to find so much like purpose and meaning or like, um, yeah. And all that. And I think. We like, want it to be it, so it, intentional. We want it to be so focused. Yeah. And I think that it's like, it's a, it's like a worthwhile thought, but I just think it's a bottomless pit of a quest and you're never really going to get there. And I don't know. It's hard to like, okay, like, well, let's say you decide what you think church is exactly like, are you going to find a church that is that, and you're going to find one in your community. And if you have to drive past 500 other churches to get there, is that worth it? Or is that right? And so I just, anyway, <clears throat> I kind of came to this realization that like, it's about coming together, doing things together, learning, worshiping, like acts of service towards God, those kinds of things. It's about being in community and what you do in that community. So um, with that in mind, so I think that like, okay, you may, you may want to like, maybe that place that is doing only hymns with no instruments and um, may not be for you, but I think there's more than just the way they're doing the music. It's, it's, there's probably some other things at their values and morals or, or not value morals. Some of the other things that they value in, in that church that maybe aren't aligning with you as well. And so that's okay. Like, and maybe the community is not aligning with you. And it's like, hopefully there's more than just the music you don't like. Like there likely is, if that's the kind of thing. Right. So then, yeah, maybe you go somewhere else that, but whether you're getting picky, like oh, they, they had one too many people on the stage today. Like that's a little ridiculous. Like, oh, I don't like when that guy plays guitar. Like, I don't want to go to this church anymore. Like, you know, like the drums yeah, are too loud every other week. Like, <laughs> Well, that's, that's just what, that's, that's just reality. You're just so, dealing with humans. Like, yes, you got to get over those kinds of things at some point. Um, like th you're gonna find something like that. You can find something like that in every church you go to. That's wrong. Everywhere you go, no, like, no question. So that's just what I think. I don't know. I think at some like to some degree, maybe you want to change a church because of that service, but at the same time, you can't be too picky. Yeah, it's it can be really exhausting though. If you kind like if you're sitting there week after week after week and you're uh -huh. just like, "Oh my goodness." No, for I, sure. I'm just coming to to this place and I'm hitting my head against mm -hmm. a wall every time. Yeah. Then there's something going on either in my heart with this group, right? Or the way this is functioning or and that's where I would question it. Like God I need God to change my heart and my attitude. Mm -hmm. And Julia will tell you, I'm really wrestling with that right now. Right. Like I would, I love 
the community. I love what my church is doing, but I don't have a whole lot of value for what we're doing on Sunday morning, which is really too bad. Right. Because that's such a, a huge central focus of everything they do. Right. Points to that Sunday morning event. Yep. So I'm like, how do I accept either what's going on and, and realize I'm not going to change it or become a force to for the change that, for the you change want. that I yeah. want. Right. Right. Like if, if I really feel like, or am I just like, God, where are you working? I want to join you there. Right. And that's where I, I need to, I think I have to get my attitude to. Yeah. Is that okay? Here's where I'm sitting and I'm watching. I need to just sit and watch where you're working. Because mm-hmm. people are coming out and the music does speak to them or the sermon speaks to them or the Sunday school is impacting their families or people are sacrificing to make sure that chairs are set up and something's happening and the video feed is going out to the interwebs and yep. everything's happening on a Sunday morning and all these people have their role. So what's, where do I join you? How do I, God, if I'm here to worship you, then where can I see you moving? And how can I come to that spot where I sit at your feet and learn from you? Yeah. That's a hard thing sometimes. Yeah. When you're like, you sit in the, in the church week after week and your blood boils. You're like, oh, I can't believe this again and again and again. Do I have an anger issue in here? Or is there something here that's really offending me? Or is it the Holy Spirit moving me to say, like, this is not how you worship. Mm. You need to be in a church that meets outside. Or you need to be a church that that's, that does more hymns and has an organ. Like, yeah, what is it? Or in a church that doesn't have an organ, it's yeah. not so restrictive. So right. I, I think those are fair questions to ask. For sure. I think your approach is really mature in that I've gotten to a point where I'm here to be in this community. And so I better be in this community. Yeah. And like some of those feelings you're describing, I've definitely had many times in the past. And like, Oh, when you sit in church and your blood boils, mm, you're just like, Oh no, good. that's not good. Yeah, and it's, a, it's a tough battle. Like, I, you know, like, cause there was times where I think the majority of it for me was just like me getting over some of my own stuff and God working in me. But also there was things that maybe just like, you know, it was time to go. It was time to pick somewhere else. And like, I think both those combined has got me to where I am now. Um, it wasn't only the church's fault. It wasn't only me, but it, like, it was mostly me. <laughs> but I think working on me and then also trying something new and getting a change of scenery helped a lot. So, um, but yeah, like you mentioned, like being that the force of change that you want to see, like that's a good point because like, Especially if you're getting like, if it's nitpicky things that are bothering you or things that like are very changeable, um, maybe you don't like the way they do projection and they just put the whole song up on the screen and you think that looks silly. Well then offer to do projection and make the slides so that you can, you know, have them separated, stuff like that. Like, can, is there a way that you can come in and, and not just make a suggestion, but help or, you know, how can you make that be the change that you want to see kind of thing? Holy, that's a buzz saying, but I'd. I had to say it, <laughs> but it's true because that's the way you're going to, if there's something that's boiling your blood, then you need to be active in something. Yeah. Like it either either change your heart and position or figure out why, why is it the way it is? Mm-hmm. Just because I think I know best doesn't mean I actually know best. Yeah. I mean, big, big part of that might be that like, 
you have those kinds of feelings, like maybe you're not serving in your church enough. I don't know. I've had that in the past where like I have served a lot and then I'll take time off and then I just get annoyed with things. And then I find if I at least do something, I feel like at least I'm doing my part. And so it usually helps. Like I've found that any organization, like I get annoyed with things. So then I feel like I need to at least just try and, and, and be part of it or do my part. And at least then you have, you have input and control over something, right? Like you have, have your like influence on somewhere. Yeah, these are people that love God. Yeah. And they're trying to make this so that this is an environment where you can come and just be focused on God. Right. So if you're not, ask them why they do something the way they do it. It could be yeah. a tradition. It could be a form that's in that church. Or it could just be they just, they've always done it this way and they didn't know it was, it could change. Right? Like So, so many people <clears throat> use red highlights on a... On a projector. Oh. I don't know if you notice that, but when you're watching and the, the, the sermon notes go up and then they highlight a word in red. Oh, okay. Have you ever noticed like that? That's a no, we really don't highlight common. word at my church, but yeah, yeah. I, I think I know it's what you mean. It's pretty common. But you can't see the highlight. Then. I can't see red. Right. Or green. And so right. they'll use red and green a lot, or they'll use a laser pointer. And I'm like, what's he, what's he yeah. pointing at? Like, right. those so are you, little subtle things that that's my issue. It's yeah. like, I, there's no sense getting mad about that. No, but maybe you could mention some point like, Hey, but if it bugs co- me, color blindness is actually like fairly, fairly common. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't talk about it, but maybe you could use this color instead. Just, just because then everyone can see it. Yeah. Pick a color. Everyone doesn't seem or to have an issue. Or just change the color. So that some people, some, some weeks, some of us can see it because there's some of us can different color yeah. blindness, I guess. So yeah. you kind of can't cater to everyone, but anyway, it's just funny. But so, so, so that's a little the, subtle thing. So what? No sense getting moving mad forward. About it. What is the what is the point of um, worshiping through music? What is well, the what is the goal? What is the desire? What's the point of it? So we're talking really in a corporate setting. Or are you yeah, talking I, in an individual setting? <clears throat> well, I don't think we're going to go into individual today, but maybe later. Think, but in general, like at church or at camp, you know. What's the point of it? Let's start with that church. I think, I think in both corporate and personal settings, music is a form that draws us to God's beauty. That allows us an emotional response. And it also engages us. Like it engages your mind. It engages your, your motor skills and engages your body, whether you're standing, sitting, listening, with your eyes closed or, or playing it, interacting with it. There's something about the, f- the form, the content, the structure of music that, that invokes in people a response. Yeah. And you can see throughout the Bible where God institutes music in worship. Where he's like, when you come together, right? So like David sets a whole group aside just to play tambourines and lyres and stringed instruments and trumpets yeah. of, of Levites. That, that's their job. Their job is just to constantly be playing music. Moses does the same thing. Um, you see that when you start to look back at who Satan was, some believe that his, his role was just to worship God. That he was constantly in the presence of God as an archangel to worship God created uh, to be the most beautiful and worshiping him. Like it's, it's something that's there. It's ordained from the beginning. There's angels and humans worshiping God. 
right uh that corporate setting is is something that is is really strong in the jewish tradition the psalms right are such a a powerful songbook yeah and so that's corporately those are written to worship corporate but they're also very raw and personal and and it gives you permission to feel your emotions whether it's anger or betrayal or fear or joy or ecstasy it's all in there there's moments of prayer and weeping and and lament and moments of of celebration and and coming together as a community it's all in the psalms and then that poetry is throughout right new testament old testament so i think i think it's something that's very much ordained by god in a way that connects to him and his uh creative mastery of the universe and beauty right. but it also invokes in us a physical and emotional response you just have to put on your favorite song by your favorite artist and you know that there's something in you you can listen to you don't have to love classical music but listen to a mozart or a beethoven piece and be like wow that is unbelievable mm. even though i'm not going to sit down and listen to the entire concert or cantata or whatever it is um there's something unique and, and inspiring about Handel's Messiah that's, that's reached people regardless. So there's, there's an inspirational point in music. So is there a right or wrong way to do worship? Like, I don't know. That's, I don't know. <laughs> like, I guess what I'm just asking because I, I could get down a rabbit hole of asking like, okay, well, if it's meant to invoke emotions and feelings then we should be like doing it until it does that right or like we shouldn't be regimented in only doing two songs before the sermon comes up or you know what i mean like i can like bring up a bunch of scenarios that are like do you mean that we shouldn't do this or we should do this or like this way is better than this way but i think like i guess i'm just trying to summarize all of those into one question of like is there right or wrong or better and worse ways to do worship through music or is it just kind of like meeting the needs of your congregation slash service service slash I don't know. That's the whole point of also having personal worship is that you fill in the gaps that corporate doesn't hit. <laughs> yeah, I I think form has been um is a major failing point within our churches. Because again, and this is this, a lot of this will come to personal preference. Some right. people love hymns or gospel music. Some people love rock and roll and some love country and some love uh, yep. the, the folky music trend that's in, in our evangelical churches right now, right? There was a, there was a real rock trend there in the eighties and nineties. And now it's more of a yep. temporary, easy listening Christian pop sound sure. and that's okay. Like it works for the majority of people, I guess. Right. What are you saying? There is, there is better and worse ways or there's not. I think it's, again, I think it's personal preference when right. we cut to the music itself. Okay. Or like Do the we setup suspend... of how many songs and the style and <clears throat> personal preference. Uh, I, I don't disagree with that comment the other day. I think we just do three songs and then we go to the message and i don't know that we actually take time to corporately worship 
you think that we should do that or that's just like what we do and it's wrong? I just think it's the structure that we've settled into that works consistently for our churches on a, on a Sunday morning in North America right? or here in, in, in I don't know, in a yeah, Bible belt for sure. section of Canada. Yeah. I think if you went to my church is predominantly white, I'm not right. going to hide that. And it, it seems to be fairly affluent. Yeah. So it's set up in a certain way. And this is how we do worship on a Sunday morning. If we went to an inner city Spanish church, I think the worship would be completely different. For sure. Um, if we went to um, an Eritrean church in Toronto, or I think it would be different again. Yeah. The one thing I would say is like, I think it's important to either mix it up or offer up a a different style at times, whether that's like yeah. on Sunday morning or like if you want to stick, I totally get this. Like this is where I would be at if I plan services. Like I don't want to be at church all morning. I have other things I want to do with my one of my two days off of work. So, um, and we can get into that if that's selfish or not, but <laughs> like I don't, I, I don't plan to be there all morning. I don't really want to be there all morning. I'd rather, even if I'm doing quote unquote church things, I'd rather be in my own like small church community for 90% of that morning versus being in building at that big service. So um, I like to keep things within a certain time frame, which means you only have so much time. So I'm fine with doing the three songs and serve or in sermon and yada, yada. But I think that <clears throat> offering a extended worship on Sunday night, maybe not every week, but twice a month, once a month kind of thing is important and um, really worthwhile because there's lots of people would come to those times and who then can get that like different form of corporate worship um but why not somewhere do it? instead of just only getting extended worship like on their own right but, but why not do that on a sunday morning once a month is worship sunday sure, and you can do and, that and that sunday night we're going to do the, the the three songs in the sermon you could yeah if you really want your sermon Come tonight. That's when we're going to do the yeah, sermon and this you could, week. But I don't think that what I just said or what you just said is one is right or wrong. You just said the version that you like better. I did. I, I said totally the version I like better. Because I like change. So I'm like, <laughs> let's add more artistic elements to worship right. on a Sunday morning. Your version is asking people to do something completely outside of the box on the, in the morning and now come on Sunday night to do the thing that they normally get. Yeah. Which for you is great because that you like that and you want to change things up and you like pissing people off. Yeah. But some people just want to come Sunday morning and maybe they can't come that night. Maybe they have something else going on. And like, again, we have to get into all like priorities and whether church should be the only priority all day on a Sunday. But I don't think we want to get into that. Reality is in our culture and our lives, we don't plan to be at church all day for the all day of Sunday. Right. So some people may not be coming at night, but now they don't get the sermon because they didn't. We didn't do that in the morning. So that, but is the anyway, sermon the focus of the entire I'm not service? Either of those is right, but you can't argue for the one that you just said just because. I know, but they'll do it with Mission Sunday. They'll do Mission Sunday once a month or every quarter, and it's just missionary stories and special different things. And then, oh, communion once a quarter now, like instead of every time. And so then that gets a special Sunday. And why couldn't we just do a worship Sunday morning and have that? And I'm sure how you, is that different? I'm sure you could. I'm not saying you can't, but you're acting like it's like, it should be that way. I think it should be that way, but it doesn't like, that's not right. I know. I'm just telling you. It's not that, right. It's not wrong. I know. 
I'm an just, option. You, you got my blood boiling a little. I know, but like, I know. Well, what, and that's we, what I'm saying. This is sorry. This is are me. you advocating that your pastor speaks less even? Yes. But like I, differently, you know I mean? I'm like, not saying less, but differently. Yeah. I think we've, we've prioritized that speaking aspect of it. But and, that's the reality too, is that like, that's where people get a lot of their teaching is on Sunday mornings. Again, right or wrong, that's a reality. No, but can we not learn from the last two years where we could do a, a midweek Zoom with the pastor where it's like, okay, you've studied all this stuff. Why don't we have a, a small group, the people that want to dig in and get that teaching, meet with the pastor on Zoom Wednesday nights? I think what you're overlooking is the fact that like a big part of why we've done the church the way we do it is because people like it. What? <laughs> like surprise oh. people don't mind it they like it or they don't dislike it right like sure none of your suggestions are bad i'm not against them but good luck convincing the 500 people you go to church with to do it right like i know they've planned I... their whole life around the way that they do their life and they're not going to go and be like well now every wednesday i gotta make sure my night's free so i can listen to a sermon or at some point during my week or whatever, because that's the way the church is now. Like, that's just not going to, you're talking about a big cultural change, which is part of who you are. And that's the way, reason you're talking about it. It's not because, you know what I mean? You got to separate your need, your desire and need for change and like what actually needs to change. So then coming back to the conversation of worship, I think the form is what it is because it is popular. It is convenient. It is consumer right all i was saying was because i what i said earlier is that i think the point of personal worship same with prayer is that you use that time to fill in the gaps for what you don't get corporately right and so some churches may do an hour of worship every sunday morning and then a half hour sermon and so those people may need to do a different type of personal worship in their times than someone who only listens to three songs or worships to three songs on a sunday morning and then has a sermon and that's fine like those people should have different personal worship times fit those needs but i do think that like for example if you're only doing three songs every Sunday morning, you should be giving people that like the ability to have like more than that corporately at some point. If you never ever run a Sunday night worship service, then those people are never going to get the chance to be exposed to a, an extended corporate worship time, which is important and, and different and interesting and fun and something. Like it's it something we should brings... offer and something we should do if right. for churches that are serving people, then we should do that at some point. That's all I mean is like and the the other the church on the other end, like I was saying, like they should offer something I don't even I haven't thought about it enough to what it would be, but they should offer something that meets the needs of others other the adult times, Sunday right? school or the sure, yeah. The midweek prayer meetings or <laughs> right. the the things that that bring about kingdom change. Yeah. I think are are those things out of sharing the gospel and prayer and praise yeah. are the things that seem to make change in the Bible. Right. I think like within the confines of like not completely changing our church culture, I think we are going to basically have to pick a route in which we go about doing things. I think that's totally fine. And there's not really a one right way or one wrong way, but I just think we need to make sure we do keep open avenues to the other paths along the way. So that we can serve the people at our churches as best we can. 
Makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I, and I think it's <clears throat> very much why we're in, in this place here in, in our Canadian church context, right? Right. This is, seems to work in this Canadian context. Yeah. But I don't know that it, I don't know that it's any longer effective to the culture around us that we're seeing that change. That's my question. Like, are we, it may be convenient, but is it still effective for the kingdom? I don't know. Cause now we're going to get into yeah, we're not, the purpose we're of church, which yeah. is off topic from here. So I don't know. <laughs> if we go back to music though. So some people get really upset about the music or right. the form of it, that there isn't enough spontaneity. Sure. Or that there is, it's too rigid. And, and some of that's going to come in a church tradition, right? Like yeah. you can walk into, I don't know, an Anglican church and you can see on the wall, these are the four hymns in the Bible readings we're doing today. And so mm. when you hit that point in the service, it's right there. It's 403 and 38 and reading 912 and, and then hymn yep. 44. And everybody knows what's coming. Right. And you grab your hymn book and away you go and they go through the service and they do their prayers and every, but everything is form. And that's because that it's worked. It's worked for over 200 years Yeah. where you come into a contemporary community church and you're like, Oh, I wonder what we're doing today. And yeah. who's going to be on the worship team. It's not, you know, it's not Gertrude playing the, the organ and, and John on the piano this morning. Right. It's always, that always is there. It's that, that who's on the team this morning and what are we in for? And yeah. is that enough chaotic change in a person's life to enable that system and form to function properly? Sure. Is that, that why it works? I don't really know what you're asking me. I don't know. <laughs> I, I get like, you can talk about spontaneity versus structure. And I think at the end of the day, like <laughs> no matter how much spontane spontaneity you say you have or want, there has to be some sort of structure behind it. Like <clears throat> if a church, if a band on the Sunday morning or a group wants to be spontaneous and just keep playing as long as they feel that the, the room wants it, well, they have to be prepared to do so. Like whether that's just like, having songs prepared beforehand and practicing them, whether that's just, if they don't need to practice, it's because they're all good enough artists and they can play off of each other or like musicians and play off of each other. Which is a um, hard thing to find. Which like, good luck finding that, like other than outside mega churches. But even then that still takes preparation, building those teams and picking those people and making sure they know what they're doing and having sound people and projection people who are ready to go and to do that. Like, okay, maybe you don't have the projection ready, but like whatever, you still need the sound to work. Like, there's like pieces of the spontaneity that are still like, still someone's supposed to be prepared. Someone's supposed to be ready. Especially if you go back to the, there's 500 people sitting there. Yeah. That you are leading to the presence of God. Right. Like that's so, the whole point of it. Is it not? Like yeah. we are worshiping. Right. Whether it's three songs or it's 43 songs yeah. on a Sunday morning, we're still to come into the presence of God. Yeah. And, and like, to give him glory. And then you have to think like, are people showing up? in that context and in that mindset of spontaneity because if they're not it's gonna throw them off right and like so i just think like 
it's easy to want that on a Sunday morning because we have it in other places in our life, like youth groups and um, camp and stuff like that. Like, but those are easier settings to do that spontaneity. And so it's, it's, but it's easy to desire that again. Oh, I wish we could do it like we used to do with youth or at, at camp. And we just, you know, that, that three songs turns in half an hour and we, we just like really focus on worshiping God in that time. It's like, it's just so much easier to do in those settings. It's usually less people. It's usually less like, Tense. It's usually like people don't really care what's happening next. They don't have a day to go to. Like, there's just less like factors, right? And so, if you stop and really reflect on those moments, it's like you could probably count them on two hands. That's the other thing. We blow those up in our mind, but big time. Yeah. So, and they're good times. You need those times to go back to. These are your Bethel moments, right? Where Jacob is like, "Hey, I saw an angel come down from heaven and talk to me here. Yeah, I'm gonna remember this and set up a stone so I always remember it. And then when he comes back, he's like, "Family, stop here. Remember this. Yeah. And And they have that other experience. That's kind of what I was saying. I think we need to like make sure the church that we have those avenues open through our month and week and years and whatever to to make those times possible. So we have those Sunday night extended times once in a while <clears throat> so that those things are possible. So that that's spontaneity is possible. Um, and it's true too, on a Sunday morning, there may be a song that, that moves me in a massive way. Right. And you're like, wow, this is just like, God is here and present. And you're yeah. like, I got to go home. I'm but so I, hungry. Yeah. You're not moved at all. Right. And the and engineer I, beside me got up and left 10 minutes ago. And I don't think any of those, like, I don't think that's wrong. Like, I just, like, to think that we all have to have the same experience and emotion at the same time and the same day and same hour is silly. Like, it's not realistic. Um, God's not speaking. Right, right, where it is. But, like, it's not, we're not going to all feel the same, like, feel God speaking to us in the same way at that same moment, same hour of every day or of every Sunday of every week, right? Right. So, and when that does happen, that's significant. Yeah. And, and we remember, remember the great revival of 1902 or whatever it is, because right. that was what happened. Yeah. It's like suddenly there was hundreds and thousands of people feeling the Holy Spirit at one Same time, time. Yeah. and right. it was changing lives and it was pouring out and it lasted for a month or it lasted for three weeks or it lasted, but we can go back in our history books and find those moments, right? right. We can go back to like the Toronto blessing in the eighties and be like, wow, there was something really happening in Toronto yeah. that the world was coming to experience. Well, that'd be part of this too then, like, which is like whether service and the worship and music and all that is for me or is it for God? Because we like to make it all about us. What am I getting out of this service? What am I getting out of Sunday? What am I getting out of worship? What am I getting out of the sermon? Is it really about us? Probably the sermon, <laughs> but maybe not always just for us specifically. It's just people in the audience in general, right? In the church in general. Um, yeah, or corporately. Like, but I this definitely is think that like worship and like the music and like coming in community together, like that's not always going to be about us. And for the most part, the music is supposed to be about God and worshiping him, what we're bringing and giving to him. Like we often think like, what, what feeling and reaction am I getting? Oh, I wasn't feeling it today at all. Like I didn't, I didn't feel God speaking to me. What did you put in? Like what effort did you bring to that time? Cause if you didn't put anything in, you're not going to get anything out. And like, that's, I mean, we go way down the trail on that too, but like, I really do think that the main point of 
of worship through music is worshiping God, praising God, right? And then we know that because of his characteristics and who he is, that we're going to get something in return for that a lot of the time and that there's emotions and whatever, and he can talk to us through that. And again, you talk about that, but you're preaching to yourself here, right? Well, yeah, in some ways, because I've seen you get so frustrated with like, Oh, fix the mix or fix this or do that in a moment. And, and I've been there where I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is, yeah, this is terrible. And then you're like, that's a bit different. Like, I mean, and then you're like, Oh, I like, but at the moment I also have to stop and say, okay, this sounds terrible or they're, they're not in tune or they're out of rhythm or out of sync as a band. But then you got to stop and say, okay, but they're just here to worship God. And so am I. Yeah. So suspend your perfectionism or your your desire to fix problems and just like, just sit in it. Like just let our imperfection wash over us and stand broken before an awesome God. Yeah. And that's a different issue. Like I just, I like to do sound and all that. So then I would like it to sound good, but that's a separate thing. I just mean like if you're, I know, but you have to the, admit no, 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 that I'm that's talking about it. like if you come away from a service, like, oh, I just like, I didn't get anything out of that worship time. Like, I wasn't feeling it at all. Like, the songs, I didn't connect with them. It's like, well, did you put anything into it? Like, it was, exactly. maybe it wasn't about what you got out of it. Maybe you were supposed to show up today and praise God because you didn't all week. You didn't say thank you to him all week. You didn't say how great he is all week. You didn't acknowledge him all week. So maybe that's what that time was for. Three songs, two songs for you to do that. And you couldn't even do that. You were waiting for him to talk to you. Yeah. It's like, uh, just show up, hello. put yourself on the shelf for right. a minute and see what God's doing. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's all I'm challenging you and I in this moment is like, we're, we're fixers, we're changers, we're, we're sitting there going and, and evaluating it. And you're right. We need to just show up and shut up yeah. and just sit down or, <clears throat> or be in a moment and let God wash over us and be in awe of Him. And I've learned for me, like, a lot of how I feel connected in the service or in worship is if I'm doing something. So I like, whatever reason, I feel way more like able to feel like I'm, I'm praising, worshiping or part of it, or I don't know how to word this properly. Even if I'm just like on projection or on the soundboard or whatever, I mean, I just focus better. My mind wanders less if I'm playing an instrument, whatever, just the way it is. So that's also part of my desire to want to do those things. That's where I feel like I can connect better. But again, like I've had to come to the realization that like part of just showing up and being there and singing, whether it's very quietly to myself, cause I don't have a good singing voice <laughs> is that it's just about doing this as a community together. And it's like that togetherness, that point of it. Moving on with music. Okay. Actually, no, wait, one more question with, especially with, especially with worship. Are songs that are about us wrong? Should we focus on songs that are about God more? Do we focus on songs that are about us too much? Like, I, I definitely do notice that there's some songs out there that I get annoyed about and they're very meme, me, me, me focused, right? Yes. And in general, I would say that I think the best place to go would be songs that are, about God and about praising God. Um, but I don't know if I would go as far as to say that songs that are about us are wrong. What do you think? 
I don't think it's wrong to bring our mundane to him. Right. But I think there's a lot that's just... Uh, shoot, this is a tough one. Because there is a, there is a lot of passion that goes into writing these songs and yeah. they're popular for a reason that like they're resonating with somebody that is in that moment. Yeah. Right. And I, like, I don't know if you have one in mind specifically. I, that's, I didn't, that's, didn't think of one, but like you I mean, can, maybe they're meant for more personal times versus corporate times too. Well, and that's what I find sometimes. Right? Like I stand there and I'm like, I, so a, a one that bothers me, right? Like, like we dance before you with arms lifted high. And it's like, I don't know. I'm looking around here. I don't see anybody else dancing. Right. There's a few of us swaying side to side, but are we really dancing with arms lifted high? Do we, we get into it like, and you're singing this so slow. I couldn't even dance to this if I tried. Yeah. And it's like, so sometimes I listen and, and the lyrics joint jolt, jolt me out of, out of worship because I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would I say that? Yeah. Why would I even sing that? Yeah. Like, I was singing last night. I was coming home. I was listening to some worship music in the car. And the song is like, um, open up the gates and, and sing with joy and, and dance upon injustice. And I'm like, dance upon injustice? Like, what does that mean? What does that even mean? Like, how are we going to dance upon injustice? And he sings it over and over and over again. I'm like, okay, next song. Like, you broke this for me. Like, I, yeah, that's weird. And one. so you sometimes, I think these lyrics are about, I don't know. They must have a real intentional point of putting it in there. Yeah. And then you're just like, but by the time it translates from Australia to Elmira, <laughs> I've lost it. Sure. I've lost what you were trying to do or whatever came from yeah. Atlanta to, to Elmira. It just doesn't translate the same way. And, and, and so that's a really cautious thing. Even if you're worship leading, if you're leading worship and you're picking songs, are you picking songs that are going to lead your church to the presence of God? Or is it just about right. me? Is it about me? And this is a personal song for my worship time. Yeah. I do think or there's a difference there. Is this a corporate song where we're going to come together? There's some great, there's a song about how he's his storehouse and he, you know, how awesome is our God. It's like, yeah, that's something we should really be singing together. Right. Right. That is a corporate song. If you take a Psalm out of the, the Bible and put that to music, like, it should fit corporately, but some of those Psalms are very personal. Right. And so maybe there is a time where we need to just stand in the presence of God together and say, I had a bad week yeah. and this, this situation sucks and I don't know how to deal with it. Thank you for bringing me to this congregation. Right. That, that I'm not alone in, in my stuff. I don't know. There's a lot of Jesus is my boyfriend stuff out there too. And yeah, and that's tough. Sometimes, like, I really think we, how we could talk about what does it mean to worship God and have him as our first love and to actually fully understand that he loved me so much Mm. that I need to just respond in love, that my act of worship is to sacrifice myself before him and let him use me. But he's not my boyfriend. Right. Like, he's Jesus. He's Yahweh. He's, he's ultimate master of the universe right like and he also gave himself up for me yeah so he's your boyfriend that's some wicked polygamy right there well i just (laughs) no i just mean like you know what i mean yeah anyway okay so 
so I think, yeah, we have to be really careful about the lyrics that we're using. And sometimes these songs move me personally. And in my worship time, my private time, my personal quiet time, it's something I can reflect on and focus on. Yeah. But corporately, there's some things that I just don't think we should be including if we're not actually going to to practice it. If we say, like, we we lay down before you, we're all just sitting in a pew. Well, what are we doing? Sometimes it can be metaphorical. I don't think it always okay, has but, to be. But, but I get should, what you're saying. That sometimes, should we not practice at least standing with arms outstretched? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Sometimes it feels a bit like... Um, if four of us put our hands in the air in the church and you're like, oh, the other 496 yeah. people are staring at you. But we yeah, all just like, saying that we raise our point, hands. At some point, you have to mean the lyrics you're singing, right? And if you don't, then don't sing them. Let's edit so them out let's then. Because sure it's not working yeah. in my context. Sure. I also don't want to speak in tongues of fire. Uh, no, I'm a pass, <laughs> that would, pass on that That one. would wreck me, I think, a little yeah. bit. But how amazing it would be if God showed up in that power. But I don't think okay, he's going to... So, so we have to be really cautious what we're worshiping together. Are we willing to enter into the music, the songs we're singing corporately together in that moment? Right. So now exiting out of worship a bit and just focusing on music for a minute before we end off here. I know people probably like yourself who tend to hate Christian music. Yeah. Or think that it so sucks, sorry. not hate, but think that it's crappy or in general, it's hard to find good Christian music or you don't like it. Why is that slash can you explain your thoughts? Because I don't know if I agree. So maybe what I'm wrestling with is just the genre that I really like. I'm finding mm -hmm. that there's, there's, a, there's a hole there. What genre do you like? I tend to like rock and punk sure. stuff. Okay. And... I found it hard to find as a, as a teen and a young adult to find stuff that was, was good, that I enjoyed, that I could engage with. Right. Um, a lot of those bands aged out. Yeah. <laughs> They're not around anymore. Yeah. Right? Like I found Audio Adrenaline or the 77s or Third Day and I liked their stuff, but I didn't find stuff to come in and replace it. Right. And the trend in music went from um, rock bands, Christian rock bands, towards more of Christian worship bands yeah. or Christian hip hop artists or uh, that kind of Christian country sound. So when you found those bands, how old were you? Oh, man. 18, 25, yeah. 31. Okay, so I'm a... I'm going to take this in a direction I wasn't going to, but I am now. Please. So I think a big part of like music, um, how, do I, how do I do this? Okay. So for your, your yeah. example, like <clears throat> there are some key years where music is super influential in our life. Yeah. And I think that like, that's a big reason why I was warned against like, I, I wouldn't quite go to say like, you should only listen to Christian music. I maybe said that at one point in my life, but like I, it really does affect the way you think and act. Um, and it's subconscious. Like you cannot see it happening or really, it's hard to see. And I, I just have seen it so many times in people's lives, like, you know, through discussion and finally realizing like it, it does it like in my own life, it affects you. Like it's, yeah. you can eventually see it. And like, um, it's insidious. 
Yeah, it's that word. Remember, we came back to that word last spring of this whole insidious thing. I think music is the most insidious of all the media um, that we can consume, and so, and it's been around the longest of all those medias, right? Like (laughs) because people will sing songs, and we will be like, "Do you know what you're singing? Do you understand what you just said?" They don't even realize what they just said. It's the most sexual thing ever, and they have no idea. So, and I think that that's obviously worse in your formative years, right? From I don't know how young it would start, but up until you're like at least 25, probably. Um, and I know this too, because I can remember lyrics from when I was listening to songs as a 16 year old better than I can remember lyrics from songs that I like way more and listen to more now. Like it just, it just like gets implanted in your brain that you remember those lyrics. And it's like, if you can remember them that well from a song you don't even listen to anymore, what is it doing to like how you think and how you act? And like, we know that like, Things that we consume can re-heart, can rewire, hardwire our brains differently, and it's hard to undo those changes. So, like, without getting too scientific, because I don't know the science super well, but I just know that these things are true. That the media we consume can change the wiring in our brain, and it does. And music is one of those things, and so that's why I'm very cautious on like. This is why I'm going to be pro Christian music, is because at the end of the day, at least it's not junk. At least it's not like going to cause issues in the wiring of our brain. It's Um, not garbage in, garbage out. Right. So now we come to the issue too then of like, well, if we're going to listen to Christian music, like there's always like the worship stuff where it's like very much about God. But then like how much should other stuff be like that? Like, because you can make a rock song and make it about God and yeah, that's going to suck. It's not going to be fun to listen to. But does it suck because we're comparing it to the, pop stuff that like is actually just really bad for us you know what i mean like so that's also part of the problem i think is that everything that we decide whether music is good or not we're comparing it to something that's really awful for us right like if you try to make a healthy or at least a a not unhealthy version of pop but you constantly compare it to the like soda pop, I mean. <laughs> okay. Like the drink <laughs> or beer. If you try okay. to make like a, a a beer that's at least benign, like doesn't hurt you, or a healthy version of beer, you're constantly going to compare it to the normal version of beer and it's going to suck. Yeah. Right? For like sure. It's just so, like, obviously it's not going to be as good. So when we constantly compare this music that, like, we're comparing it to the stuff that is bad for us, like, that's not who we should compare it to. Right, like we shouldn't consider that stuff. So, find that part of the problem. But I think so, it's you're comparing you apples saying, and oranges and saying, "I really like apples. Why yeah, doesn't my orange taste why like my an apple?" Tastes like an apple. It's like, well, yeah, apples it's, bad for you. So, stop comparing to apples. Right. right? <clears throat> so, maybe the beer example is bad. Probably should edit it out. Probably won't. Probably. But won't. <laughs> it's not bad. It makes it's, sense. It's fine. So, I think it's funny when, or interesting, or funny, interesting when you talk about how. You know, you got in these bands and then you have been frustrated ever since because it was hard to replace those bands. But I would ponder and maybe not argue, but wonder if like, is it just hard to replace those bands because those are the ones you found in your formative years? Wow. I really love this line of thinking, Zach. Right? Yeah. Like, and I, cause I find that true with me. I find that true with almost everyone. You're like, oh no, this is when the music was really good because I'm saying the same thing you're saying about the music that you're not happy with. 
Right. Because, like the era that you're like, oh, there was nothing to replace my music is the era that I'm like, no, this is when it was this good. This is so good. Yes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And now I I'm like, now there's nothing. But all the kids that come to camp are like, no, this stuff's so good. Right. So, They're listening to NF and Lecrae and you're like, well, it's not as good as old Lecrae. No, exactly. But you're like, but I, I but grew they, up on old Lecrae. They don't even listen to old. So it's like, right. it's just about what you came through, I think, especially in those formative years. Right. And like, what's nostalgic for you or what's, we go down a rabbit hole with all that. But so I do think that that really biases or changes or twists like what we think and perceive as being good or worth listening to. And so with all that in mind, it's like, how can we properly say what's good or not good music? Like, I don't even know. Even when we listen to music on like, when we're just listening to a song, we think, oh, I don't like that song or this is like, that's not a good, like, they're not good artists. Like, when do we decide that? Like, do we just let the radio decide for us? So you were asking me earlier how I find Christian music. Yeah. I just tend to go on my Apple Music app and I go to genres and I'll just sift through like, I don't know, maybe it's once a week, once a month. I eventually just realize I need more music. So I just go and search and I just like sift through albums and listen to, I'll listen to like first 30 seconds of a song or an album or skip ahead a bit and decide if I like it or not. And I might download it. Um, I'll do the same with non-Christian music too. I don't just instantly listen to the stuff that the radio or broadcast stations have decided is good because I just have zero trust in what they say at this point. Um, <clears throat> for me, a big thing is the lyrics, no matter whether it's Christian or not. Like, I think if it's non-Christian, it's pretty quick. It's easy for me to like find the lyrics are just getting gross or annoying. Um, and I think that's a big reason why we think that non-Christian music is better is because they have these catchy lyrics, but like they're also catchy because they're like simple or um, inappropriate in a way, or like they they like have that like tendency to lean that way, right? Um, I wouldn't say there's a lot of great <clears throat> non-Christian stuff out there right now either. Right. Yeah, like, the music feels uh, a little dead right now, actually, in general. But so, but again, like. There's everybody's going to have their own flavors and their tastes and what yeah. they love and what they don't love. And, yep. and, and so I, I understand and I appreciate that. I'm not writing off all music. No. And I, and so I do like think what you're saying is, is good. Like there's a genre you want to listen to and that's totally legit. Like I have friends or like people that show me all the time. Oh, you should listen to this artist. And I'm like, nope, hard pass. Hate that. Can't stand yeah. it. The kids listen to music all the time. Right. And then I'm like, no, I hate that song. I hate that artist. Like, I shouldn't say hate, but like, I dislike that. And they're like, why? Why? It's so good. And it's like, do you think that? Or like, is it just like the popular songs you think it's good? Like, is it popular? Was there an emotional response? Was it at an event yeah. that you're like, oh, every time I hear this song, I think of this thing? Right. People often think I'm like, they look at me like I'm dumb or, being picky or whatever, but like, I know what I like. I know what like pleases my ears. I know what sound I like, whether that's in, like, I know the sound of instrumentals that I like. I know the sound of voices that I like, and I know what kind of lyrics I like to listen to. So if all three of those have to be in place for me to like songs, and that's how I like genuinely pick my music is those have to be there. Um, yes, there's probably lots of stuff on my phone in music that like, I wouldn't fit into all three of those categories. And most of the time I don't listen to them or it's like background music. And sure. I can listen to music can be in the background. It's not going to bother me that much. I'm not like every time there's a song that's not all three of those categories I'm losing my mind, but 
if you're really going to ask me if I like a song or not, or if I'm going to like listen to it regularly on my drive up to camp, it's going to have to fit those three categories. So I guess all this to say that like, maybe we just need to start vetting our music a little bit more and better. Um, I don't know that we have time to do it today or that I want to, but I really do think that people need to be more open to Christian music or at least like more benign music, like start searching for music that's less harmful via the lyrics, because I really, really think especially young people can be so heavily influenced by what they listen to. I've even found this myself. I think we talked about this last year in the podcast. We talked about movies. There was a show I was watching. I think I talked about this. I watched this like show on Netflix. I was nothing else I could find at the time. Had a bunch of seasons, so I just watched it. It was okay. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. But the classic like Netflix binge thing where you just like get into a show and you're like, I might as well see where this goes. I found after like a couple of seasons, which was like a few weeks probably during COVID, <laughs> <yeah>. <clears throat> that like I was like I was having like different emotions and moods and like thoughts. And they were 100%. I could trace them back to the show. Like, I don't really want to go into details. But like, I, I know for a fact that that show was influencing how I was, like, feeling and acting and thinking. Like, how weird is that? And it's creepy and awful. And, like, I'm 30 now or turning 30 this year. Like, I would like to think I'm kind of past some of those formative years and I can see that happening. But how much did I not see it happening when I was... 15 to 25, right? So, like, I think we just got to be way more, like, careful and, and intentional about what we're putting in to ourselves. You do it with food. Like, that's the new thing. Everyone's, like, careful about what they eat, which is great. But, like, why don't we do it with media, music, right? I don't know. And I can't, I can't, you're right. It's totally true. Like, yeah. I watch Friends episodes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. How did we think this was benign? Yeah. Right. Because it's not. It's not even close. And then you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I'm like, oh my goodness. And everyone is like quoting it and it's funny and it's like, yeah. yeah, it is funny, but this is really subversive culture that we think is okay. Right. Well, yeah. And like, as and we've it, seen, it gets to the point where all of a sudden jokes are being made here that are completely inappropriate, but people don't realize. Right. Like. Entirely offside. Completely inappropriate. And like, they have no clue. Yeah. And that, that's just like this submersive, the sub, subversive, subversiveness and insidiousness of, of media. media and music is really strong for that. Right. I think it's the most because it's like, it's the, it's the most subtle by far, by far, because it's not visual. Right. And it can be background, but it can still be having that effect on you. So I don't know. That doesn't really answer your question of like, can Christian music be better? Like I, I do, I do think it can be. I do think there's a lot of stuff out there that I don't like. Doesn't mean it's bad. I tend to struggle with stuff that's super worshipy lyrics. Like if it's not worship music, that makes sense. Like I want like my praise and worship music in this category and like, and then you want your other out. music, but then I want my other music and, and like, I don't know how else to categorize it, but like Need to Breathe is probably my favorite artist. He is my favorite artist. Right. Will always be my favorite artist, I think. <clears throat> Put their album on the other day and I was like, oh, flip, these guys are so good. And I was just like, I want to go see them again. <laughs> I see them however many times in concert. And like, I don't know. I hate <laughs> concerts, but I'll go see them. Like, so I just like, yeah, I think that even just finding, and like they're not, 
They have some songs that are definitely about faith, but they also have lots that aren't. But I think that's even just finding someone who's not going to be harmful is a good start. Country music will trick you because it makes it seem like it's not harmful, but it's gotten pretty bad for a lot of songs. There's still lots of good stuff out there, though. Yeah, but At not least the start stuff with that's the top 40. No, generally that's not. being played on the radio. There's a lot that's not. Well, Nashville is trying to, like, popify country music. There's all kinds of stuff you can read about that if you want, but. There's a lot of it that's, that's now on, like, yeah, your dentist playlist. Yeah. So it's really, it's really different. Anyway. That's great. Thank you. Other... No, that was a fantastic conversation. Yeah. I love your approach. That... It's hard. Like, I can't like suggest like music because again, like I said, with you, like it's everyone has their own, even like you don't mind need to breathe, but they're not quite the genre that you want. Right. Yeah. I, I like need to breathe mm-hmm. and I've added a lot of their stuff into my playlists. Sure. But you but, would love if there was someone a little bit, like, same idea as them, but a little bit harder, a little bit more rock. A little more like Weezer. classic rock. Yeah. yeah. Early Reliant K. Right. Stuff. But again, yeah. we were going back to early Reliant K, and I was 25. Yeah. Well, Leah and I were just I talking about 30. that the other day, because she went to a Reliant K concert, like, two weeks ago. Oh, she did? I was making fun of her for nonstop. Why? <laughs> well, because they're, like, so old now, and, like, irrelevant, and all their new albums sucked. And we were looking Ooh. through their albums anyways, and I was like... Yeah, like, first one was just whatever. But then, like, second, third, fourth were all, like, dynamite. And then I was yeah. like, next one was like, eh, I would have stopped there. And then after that, it was garbage, hot garbage. And even she agreed with me. It was like, but you still listen to them all. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, who is it? Um, the Killers, right? Like, oh, yeah. I really love some of the Killers stuff. But you listen to their newest album, and you're like, this isn't anything yeah. I really want to download yeah lyrics aren't the greatest either with any other songs no but. you've got to be really careful with them <laughs> yeah you have to be really careful with the killers great sound yeah and some other songs are just really cool but you're like i, I gotta be really careful and the new thing seems to be vibey vibey music what is that and it just i don't know i would honestly i maybe this is maybe my bias of just like disliking that type of music but i would honestly urge people to Consider that the music they're listening to, especially in that genre, because I think that like it's coming from a place for like mental health issues have become a lot bigger in the last 10 years. And that's fine. Like we need to talk about that stuff. But like we we know very well that artists especially are not uh, um, invincible to issues like a mental health, right? Like that's, if, if anything, they're the most likely to like deal with some of that stuff. That's just like the nature of who they are. Right. Yeah. Um, they're generally more in touch with their emotion. Yeah. And, and like, no, it's totally fine. Swings. I'm not like, it's not negative at all. I just, so I just think we have to be careful of like, like a lot of people who make songs, like even the people I listen to, like, they're just like, it's just like writing the stuff that's on their heart. Right. And on their mind. And it sounds great and put it together and they, they're good at poetry and they can put it together really nicely. And they're great at writing, and then they put some tunes behind it, and then you listen to it, and you're just, con- but like, be careful because, like, are you just consuming this person's darkest and deepest thoughts from their darkest time of their life? 
because you very well might be right and that's where like i just really worry about some of that stuff of like some of that vibey stuff the lyrics are very dark or very like just moody or depressing and like moody is the biggest one i'm just like are you in control of your own emotions well you're a teenager so maybe not like it's tough to be it's not your fault it's called, right there's it's things going chemicals on chemicals in your body yeah so why influence or why allow something to influence you even more to to allow that to be even more shifting or more off balance right like just be careful what you're putting in because you already have an imbalance in your body chemically so why make it even worse yeah and it's so important then to make sure that what's coming in isn't garbage isn't feeding you into a hole right it's the it's kind of like our own musical algorithm yeah. That just gives us what we want. Right. And then we feed it more and we feed it more. And then Spotify is like, oh, if you like this, you'll like this. Yeah. And if you like that, then you'll probably like this. And right. suddenly you're like, why am I listening to this yeah. death metal when? Yeah. Or. Yeah. I know what you or mean. Or like. They're not going to relate Suicide to this, vibe. Sure. Yeah. Way down in this weird corner of my world. Like yeah. I don't. How did you find this music? Yeah. Like, oh, well, I just followed a vibe, dude. And like, mm. um, <laughs> don't think so. Yeah. So you have to be really careful where you get to and what you go into. And yeah. Yeah. Like there's songs where you can say all the lyrics. If I played the first couple notes, you'd sing along and then it's like, do you realize what you just sang? Right. And you've done it to yourself really quick. On a personal level too, I'm also just a little saddened how bands and actually playing real instruments has become less and less popular. Hmm. Like the music that's just fully computer generated now, there's lots of artists that are very popular and that they don't actually have musicians behind their music. They just have two or three Apple playbook, (laughs) Apple books going or whatever they call them. Mac books. You're hilarious. Thanks. (laughs) I mean, like some of them like might be like musician generated sounds, but like they're mostly just mixing sounds or not. Anyway. That's a, just a personal thing that bothers me, but I think that's all. Anything for you? No, I really enjoyed that, that conversation about worship and music and church function yeah. and form. And then even into this whole idea of like being careful what we're putting in and what we're getting out. And uh, we're quick to judge. We're really quick to judge and we should be open to asking questions more than judging. Yeah. Like, okay, so maybe I don't like what you're listening to, but why do you like it? And where, where do you see these things going? And have you looked at the lyrics? Yeah. Or are you just like, this is the hot ten trend, hot take at the moment. And you're just going to go with it. And how do sure. we protect ourselves? Yeah, for sure. I miss the things like wonder jam where you get a chance to go and see four or five different oh, yeah. people that can, on a stage and you're like, and it's always different live. Like King and country just had a new album come out yeah. and I'm like, this would be amazing live. Yeah. But when it comes out of the studio, you're like, it sounds like four different songs. Yeah. There's 10 of them, but it only sounds like you have four different songs. I swear like everyone's better live. Well, after like a certain threshold, <laughs> once you're a decent, like a decent goodness, <laughs> you're just better live. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. They're they're a stunning live. Yeah. Concert. I've seen them, yeah. They're good. Yeah. All right, that's it for me. You good? Yeah, thanks. Thanks. See you later, everybody. Okay. Chat Bye. next week. Bye-bye.